Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Genesis 27. We're continuing, of course, our study of the book of Genesis. We're seeing this really, it's a powerful and sad event. Isaac is supposed to be basically passing on the blessing to his son, and we'd say, well, that's great, what's wrong with that? Nothing except everybody involved is disobeying God, and there's conflict and trouble within the family. We saw last time some of the problems. In fact, we said that uh, they're not communicating. This is the problem within the family. They're not communicating. There's favoritism by the parents. There's lying and deceit going on. I mean, it's just a sort of an amazing thing. Uh, Isaac plans to bless his son Esau. Well, he's not supposed to bless his son Esau. Rebecca knows that Jacob is the one to be blessed. Last time we saw the beginning of the conflict and, and the deceit, and we even saw the blessing last time. We'll see how that ties together tonight. Esau returns. Remember, Jacob kind of snuck in, pretended to be Esau, and left. Esau now comes. One thing for sure as we look at this, that God is sovereign. He's in control. He works all things according to the counsel of his will. Uh, we, we can rest in our sovereign God, no matter what is going on. So it's some great things. Let's start with a prayer, and then we'll get right into the passage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a great night. Thank you for your love and grace to us in Christ. And thank you, Lord, for the fact that you are sovereign, that you work all things, that we can rest in you, and you are you are a God who is just the greatest of all, and that no matter what happens, we can rest in you. There's no fate or chance or luck or anything like that. We can just rest in the fact that you're working all things. Lord, we know that we, we have decision-making capacity, and we choose, and we're accountable for the choices that we make. We thank Thank you, Lord, that you're such a great God and that you're so infinite and we're finite that even in the choices that we make, they fit in your plan, Lord. How you do that, we do not know, but we thank you, Lord, that you're that great a God. Lord, we just ask you right now to uh, teach us as we look through this passage. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I think one of the great truths of the Bible is the sovereignty of God. He's in control. He works all the events according to the counsel of His will. Ephesians chapter 1 talks about that. No matter what happens, He's in control. And as I said a while ago, even in the prayer, there's no such thing as fate or chance or bad luck. In fact, there's no such thing as luck. God, God is sovereign. He works all things. Romans 8.28, all things work together for good. He takes our actions, whether they're right or wrong, whether we obey or disobey, they all work in His plan. And it's a very powerful truth. That uh, God can take all our actions, uh, all things, including our actions, and they fit into His perfect plans. How does He do that? Uh, you know, we're sitting there saying, I, I don't understand how I can make a decision, and I'm accountable for that decision, and I know what I'm going to do, or I decide what I'm going to do, and that still fits in His plan that was planned from before the foundation of the world. He's a great God. This evening we continue in our study of the life of Isaac. We see God's sovereign plan being worked out even when all people involved are doing wrong. That's what's amazing. The actions of Isaac and Esau and Rebekah and Jacob are all wrong, and yet God's plan will be accomplished. All these things fit together in His perfect plan. We can rest in our great God. Well, let's let's begin. We, we're looking this evening at the last part of chapter 27, and we need to remember what has happened. Isaac... Isaac doesn't, now Isaac is old, and Isaac is blind. Isaac doesn't know when he's going to die. The best we can tell from the Scripture is he lives another 40-something years, but he thinks he's about to die. So he calls in his son Esau and says, Esau, I want you to go out and get me some food. Go, 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 kill, go kill an animal. Cook me the food that I really like that you fix. You're an outdoors man. I'm an outdoors man. I love all this. You come in, fix the food, and then I will bless you before I die. Well, that sounds okay, but the only problem is Esau's not supposed to be the one to be blessed. Jacob's the one that's supposed to be blessed. And, and so, uh, first of all, I, if you ask Isaac, Isaac, do you think you're doing right? If Isaac told you the truth, he'd say, no, I'm not doing right. I, I'm, I'm doing what I want to do, but I know what God said. Now, God had given word before the children were ever born that the younger 
or the older would serve the younger, that the youngest one would rule, and that's that's Jacob. Well, when Jacob's when uh, Rebecca, who is the mom in all of this, she hears this. She goes to her favorite son, who is Jacob. Now, Esau is Isaac's favorite son, but Jacob is her son. And so she goes in and says, listen, we gotta, we got we to gotta work fast. Your father is about to bless the wrong man. We know what God's supposed to do. So what we're going to do is we're going to trick and lie and cheat and deceive to get God's plan. That's basically what she's saying. And so she says to, to Jacob, I want you to, to go get an animal. We're going to cook it. We're going to fix it. You go in there. He says, but I, if I go in there, he'll, he'll, he can tell right off. Even though he can't see me, he can hear my voice and he can touch me and find out my brother's real hairy and I'm not. He, she said, don't worry, we're going to work this out. She gets some animal skins, puts it there with the hair, fixes it on the back, and he's hairy. And then she puts on the clothes of Esau, which smell like the outdoors because he's an outdoors man. She says, so you smell like him, you feel like him. When you go in there, he'll think that it's... You know, Esau, and you'll get the blessing. Because you're supposed to have the blessing. That's what God says. Well, they're doing going about it the wrong way. Rebecca takes matters in her own hands. What she should have done is gone to Isaac and said, Isaac, you know that Jacob's supposed to get the blessing according to what God has told us. And you know that the right thing to do is to do that. That's what she should have done. She doesn't have to do wrong to see if she can get this thing right. Isaac and Jacob... Isaac knows that Jacob should get the blessing, so does Esau. By the way, Esau knows too. When we think about poor Esau, when he goes out to get the animal, he's going to come running in, and he's going to be in for a big shock. We say, poor guy. He knew he was doing wrong to begin with. He knows he's not supposed to have the blessing either. So that's that's what happens here. Now we saw last time the problems in the family. There's no communication. Everybody's going behind each other's back. There's favoritism going on, and there's deceit and lying. That's what's happening in this family. Sometimes when you read the Bible and you think of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob, and you start going down and you say, oh, what great families, what great people, what great people. They're the patriarchs. And, and you realize that they, they were a mess. They had a lot of problems. Just like we just look around our own lives and we go, well, we got a lot of problems. That's right. Well, they all do. Well, what happened? Jacob came in pretending to be Esau, wearing his clothes, covered with hair. Look at chapter uh, 27, look at verse 15. Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her elder son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And then she put the skins of the young goats on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. She's got this thing planned out. She also gave him the savory food and the bread which she had made to her son Jacob. So that's the plan. He's going to go in there and pretend to be Esau. Watch what happens. Verse 18, he came to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Well, who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, I am what? Esau. He's lying. That's, that's, that's a lie. You're firstborn. That's a lie. Number two, I have done as you have told me. That's a lie. Get up, please. Eat of my game. Uh, eat of my game that you may bless me. So he's already told two lies. Isaac said to his son, how is it you have so quickly, have done it so quickly, my son? And what did he say? Here's lie number three, because the Lord your God caused it to happen to me. He brings God in on this one. So he's given three lies already. He says, I'm Esau, uh, I, I've done what you told me to do, and God's making this happen. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come close that I may feel you, my son, whether you were really my son Esau or not. We talked about it last week, and why would, uh, why would Isaac want to do that? There's something, he knows something's not right. In fact, he, we'll see in later in the passage that he knows that it's the voice of Jacob. He said, you know, you really sound a lot like Jacob. I don't know why you do, 
Notice the next verse. So Jacob came closely to Isaac, his father, and he felt him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. You know Esau was pretty hairy if you take a goat skin and put it up there. and rub it. Yeah, He's a pretty hairy guy. So uh, you can almost see uh, J- Jacob going, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, my voice has changed a little bit, you know. That's probably what he was saying. I'm having, I got a bad cold or something, and uh, that's what's wrong. Well, he's going to bless him. He blesses Isaac. I mean, Isaac, he's going to be blessed by Isaac. And listen, here's the key. God's plan will be accomplished. Isaac blesses Jacob when he didn't even know he was blessing Jacob. Because that's God's plan. Look at verse 28. Uh, well, look at verse 27. So he came close and kissed him, and when he smelled him, he smelled the garments, and he said to him, See, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which the Lord has blessed. He still thinks it's Esau. So here's what he says. Now may God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. What he's saying is, I want God to make you rich. I want you to have everything. I want you to have dew. I want you to have uh, animals. I want you to have uh, the, the grain and new wine. And he says, may people serve you. Other nations are going to come unto you. Nations will bow down to you. Be masters of your brother. And may your mother's sons bow down to you. And he says, look, everybody's going to come under you. And then he says the famous words, Cursed be those who curse you, and blessed be those who bless you. If you remember, that's exactly what God told Abraham back Back in Genesis chapter 12, the promise given to Abraham is the same promise that was passed from Abraham to Isaac. And the same promise given to Isaac by God is now the same promise that's going to be passed on to Jacob. That's the plan. The same promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. And that's what he does. So he tells them all that. And if you you look at it, you say, well, he just blessed Jacob, thinking he's Esau. But God's plan was that Jacob would get the blessing. So even though Isaac is actually doing wrong, he ends up doing what God had for him to do anyway. Very powerful. The blessing comes from Abraham to Isaac and now to Jacob. Wow. What happens? Jacob leaves. What do you think Jacob felt like when he left? Have you ever thought about what he thought? He came out of there and he said taking this stuff off. You think he was upset? You think he was happy? Do you think he's saying, I'm just getting what I'm supposed to get? Do you think he came out even bothered at all? You know, what's his name? Jacob, what does it mean? Deceiver. He's pretty much a trickster at this time. Uh, he pretty much kind of does his own thing. So he may come, we don't know, it doesn't tell us. He may have come out of there saying, I got what I deserve. This is what I'm supposed to have. My father's done wrong. I'm going to get what I deserve one way or the other. And there's sometimes people say, hey, I'm going to get what I deserve one way or the other. And they need to say is whatever the Lord wills. God's working all things anyway. Well, Jacob leaves. Esau arrives. And when Esau arrives, the whole thing falls apart. Why? Well, because, let's see if we can put that up there. I think the next slide. Isaac and Esau realize that the behind the plan, the behind the back plan didn't work. See, because Isaac was actually going behind the back too. Because he, when you blessed your, your son, it was supposed to be like a big festival, a party. And you'd have the, supposed to be the older son gets blessed normally, but God said in this case, supposed to be the younger son. He was supposed to have a party, but instead of doing that, he was going behind everybody's back, and he was supposed to do it. But he didn't, but Re- Rebecca and Jacob, they've been caught. Everybody's done wrong, and everybody gets found out. You know, there's a great truth. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatever a man sows, what's going to happen? That shall he also reap. Uh, you're not going to get away with doing wrong. <laughs> there are consequences every time. I mean, it's just the way it is. Well, I, you know, I, I wish we could do wrong and get away with it. 
and say, thank you, God. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for the grace. God says, I'm giving you grace, and the grace is I'm going to deal with you. Because if I didn't love you, I wouldn't deal with you. If I didn't love you, I would let you do your own thing. I would let you destroy yourself. See, that's what God does. He doesn't let us destroy ourselves because we would. Well, both groups, they haven't communicated. They've disobeyed God. They've lied to each other. Now, let's see what happens when Esau returns. Look at verse 30. Now, it came about as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and Jacob had hardly gone out from his presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from his hunting. Now, it just happened so fast. By by the time that Jacob leaves, here comes Esau in. And watch what happens. He also made the savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. Now, before we feel so sorry for Esau, just remember this, that he's called a godless man, that he married foreign women. That he, listen, we're going to see uh, when you get over in the, in the chapter 28 that he knows his mother and father want them to marry Jewish people, not not foreigners. He's already married two foreign women, and when he realizes this again, he says, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go on purpose, contrary to my mother and daddy, I'll go do exactly what they don't want me to do. That's the kind of person he is. So we don't want to feel so sorry for him. I want to read something to you from Hebrews chapter twelve that describes him. Hebrews chapter twelve verse sixteen says this He's basically, uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying, uh, let no one come short of the grace of God and don't let a root of bitterness grow up, that there may be no immoral or godless person like Esau. He's called immoral and godless. And then it goes on to say, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. And you remember what happened. He comes in, and, and as the oldest son, he's supposed to have the birthright. And and he comes in, and he's so hungry, and Jacob's got some red stew. And he says, let me have a bowl of that. I'm about to die. And he said, no, no. He said, look, I, I'm about to die. Give me that. And he said, I'll tell you what. Give me your birthright, and I'll, I'll do it. He went, what's what's a birthright if you're going to die from from starvation? As if he's going to die from starvation because he doesn't get one meal? And so he swapped, gave away his birthright for a bowl of soup. He, think, spiritual things were not important to Esau. And so before we get so upset and say, poor old Esau, poor old Esau, uh, Esau didn't care about spiritual things at all. And God has already said before they were ever born that Jacob would be the one, Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Look what he says, verse 31. Then he made that savory fruit and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. Now you understand that, that Esau knew he wasn't supposed to get the blessing. So he knows he's doing wrong by asking for the blessing. So watch what happens. Isaac's going to realize what has happened. He's going to say, Wait a minute, I, I, I just did a blessing. Who is this coming in asking for the blessing? Wait a minute, what have I done? He's going to realize that he's unable to go against what God has declared. You realize that. You can't go against what God has done and what God is going to do. Regardless of your actions, God's sovereign plan will be accomplished. Let me ask you something. Do you think that Satan has... Uh, read the book of Revelation? Do you think he knows what's going to happen? Do you think he can stop that? 
even though he knows what's going to happen. God's plan will come to pass. Watch what happens. Isaac, his father, said to him, Who are you? And he said, I am your son, your firstborn. Let me get it clear. I'm your firstborn, Esau. Now, this part is amazing. And in fact, I think the way it says, He trembled with a great trembling. That's how it says it in Hebrew. It says this, Then Isaac trembled violently. He trembled with a great trembling. Now, Isaac is realizing something has gone wrong for him. And I think he's afraid. Notice he said, Who was he that hunted game, brought it to me, so that I ate of it before you came, and blessed him? And then he says, Yes, and he shall be blessed. Now, what he realizes is, He knows who it is. He's asking the question, but he knows who it is. He knows that Jacob has come in there and received the blessing. But notice the end of the verse. Yes, and he shall be blessed. Why is he so upset? Why is he trembling? Well, several things. One is that he realized that Jacob had tricked him. So he's probably mad. Number two is he realized that God had overruled and had blessed Jacob. And number three, he realized that he's openly disobeyed God and God has intervened. How do you feel when you when you openly disobey God and you realize God knows? <laughs> now, He always knows, but sometimes we think we're getting away with something for a while. We act like if we're not thinking about Him, He's not thinking about us. I mean, isn't that true? Sometimes if we want to do something, we just act like we don't think about God right now. We just kind of do our thing, and then later we'll talk about God or think about God. But, you know, God doesn't go, I'll think about you later. Just go off and do whatever you want. That's not how it works. I think He's trembling. Because he realizes what has happened. And he realizes that it is Jacob. Notice the end. Jacob will be blessed. What has happened is from God. Now that's what the most amazing thing is. That in the midst of all these people doing wrong, God still brings about his plan. I think Isaac recognizes immediately that God is working. That Esau will serve Jacob. That's what he said. Do you realize? He said, you're going to get the dew of heaven. You're going to get the fatness of the earth. You're going to get the grain. All the nations will bow down before you. Your mother's sons will bow down before you. Cursed will be those who curse you and blessed will be those who bless you. He just realized he gave that all to Jacob. Gave it all to Jacob. It's powerful. I want you to think about something. Next slide. The sovereignty of God. Whatever God decrees will come to pass. Now, we're not robots, and we're not at the mercy of just something. But let me tell you, what is so amazing about God is that every decision you make, you're accountable, you have freedom, you have choices, you can either obey or disobey, you can come tonight, not come tonight, you can do right, you can do wrong, you have that freedom to make those choices, you are accountable to every choice you make, and yet, everything you do fits in God's plan. We make decisions, great freedom. It all fits in the sovereignty of God. Now, you can't comprehend that exactly. You know, God knows, let me me tell you what He knows. He knows everything. He knows that you're here. He knows every possibility of where you could be or what you could be doing if you weren't here. Everything. Every possibility of your life, He already knows everything. Psalm 139 says, Before you were born, He has written in the book of your life His plans. Now, that means He works everything according to the counsel of His will, and at the same time He says, But you make decisions. You have freedom. And everything you do fits. 
How that happens, that is beyond us. That's because He is an infinite God and we are finite. We see the mystery of sovereignty and freedom all put together. Well, look at Esau's response when he finds out all this. Verse 34, when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me. Also, oh my father. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You gotta have more than one blessing there. Come on, come on, come bless me. He's realized that he's given away his birthright and now he's lost his what? His blessing. It, it, things are not going great for him. And he said, your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Is that true? It is true. He came deceitfully. Was he supposed to have the blessing? See, the issue, what he's saying there is not that he's not supposed to have the blessing. The issue is that Jacob got it how? Deceitfully. Now, why did he have to get it deceitfully? Because Isaac was doing something deceitfully. They're all lying. And you can almost see Rebecca coming in because you're deceitful too. And then he'd say, and you're deceitful too because you went behind my back. But you did this. And Jacob would say, well, I just all wanted a blessing. But you're not supposed to have the blessing. You know, Esau sitting there and then, you know, Jacob going, well, I had to put on this hairy stuff. You know, think about it. So, I mean, that's just the way it is. Wow. Your brother came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Verse 36, then he said, Is he not rightly named Jacob, for he has supplanted me these two times? He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. And he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Now, two things. He said he supplanted me twice. He took away my birthright. No, he didn't. He saw sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. And the second thing is, he got the blessing. Yeah, but that's God's plan for him to get the blessing. Let me tell you what. If God's plan was not for Jacob to get it, Jacob would never get it. Wow. <clears throat> Powerful. He says, do you not, have you not reserved a blessing for me? If you got just like one thing, just a leftover blessing, I'll take a little blessing. Doesn't have to be a big blessing, I'll just take a little blessing. What do you got? Verse 37, but Isaac replied to Esau, behold, I have made him, oh my, look at this, I have made him your master, and all his relatives I have given to him as servants, with grain and new wine I have sustained him, now as far as you then, what can I do for you, my son? <laughs> Basically saying, sorry, we're out of luck, I gave it all to him. Wow, it's no surprise, it's no surprise. You realize that when you look at the lives that Jacob was a man, even though he doesn't look like it, he was a man who trusted God. And Esau was a godless man. Who do you think in the plan of God is he going to give the blessing to? Abraham was a man of faith. Isaac was a man of faith. Jacob is a man of faith. And he doesn't look like it, but he is. Esau was not a man of faith. Ishmael was not a man of faith. Verse 39. Verse 38, Esau said to his father, Do you only have one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, oh my father. So Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac, his father, answered him and said, Okay, I'll give you a blessing. <laughs> it's not going to be exactly a blessing. Behold, away from the fertility of the earth shall be your dwelling. Thanks, you can stop right there, that's enough. Thank you, don't go any further. I see that this is not going to turn out very well. Yeah, you're not going to get any fertile ground and away from the dew of heaven from above. This is just the opposite of what he said to Jacob. By your sword you will live and your brother you shall serve. That's exactly right. But when it comes about, it will come about when you become restless, you'll break his yoke from your neck. He says, you're not going to always be under him. You're going to move away from him. Wow. You understand 
that there's going to be conflict between Jacob and Esau and the descendants of Jacob, which is Israel, and Esau, which is Edom. There's going to be conflict all the time. Wow. Mm. So look what happens. So Esau bore a grudge against Jacob. Would you bore a grudge? Let's be human, right? You'd be mad, wouldn't you? You'd say, you know, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to get him back. I never have liked him. He hasn't. They've never got along. I mean, there's some times in families that brothers don't get along. How about twin brothers? And how about the one and that in this rule, that the oldest one should get everything and the youngest one's going to get everything? Now, the oldest one doesn't like this at all. But he's a godless, immoral man is what the Bible calls him. He says this, he bore a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. He says, days of mourning are near. Now, he was wrong. They were all wrong. It's about 40 years. But, you know, Isaac didn't know that. Isaac thought he was about to die. That's one of the reasons he can't see. And that's one of the reasons he decided to go ahead and do the blessing. He says, you know what? As soon as my father dies, I'm going to kill him. That's really the right thing to do. And that's how you, how you deal with when people do you wrong. You go kill them. That's what he thinks. Watch what happens. Now, when the words of her elder son Esau was reported to Rebekah, she sent and called her younger son Jacob and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau is consoling himself concerning you by planning to kill you. <laughs> you know how he's getting it through the days? He's just waiting for the day that your father dies and he's going to kill you. Congratulations. Yeah. You realize the consequences of what they've all done? Look at the consequences. There's total turmoil in that family. Do you think... Isaac and Rebekah are getting along? I don't think so. Do you think Jacob and Esau are getting along? No. In fact, Rebekah says that the, the first chance he gets, he's going to kill you. Now watch what she says, because that's not what she wants. She says, now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Now, what was the last thing he did that she told him to do, to obey my voice? That was to cheat and lie and come, you know, it was her idea to go in there and get the blessing. He almost wants to say to her, Mama, I don't know. Last time it didn't turn out that good. Therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Haran, to my brother Laban. You remember, that's where she came from. Do you remember when when um, the servant was sent out to find a bride for Isaac and he made all the way to Haran to the relatives of Abraham and he found that family and he found the man named Laban, Laban who had a sister and... <clears throat> And it was Rebecca, and they got there and got, found the family and ate with them and all this and chose Rebecca to come back, and then she came back, and everybody was all happy. And she says, you better go, and you better live with my brother until this is all over, because he's going to try to kill you. The best thing to do is get out of town. But I want you to notice the next sentence. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides. Was it a few days? It's 20 years. She never saw him again. She never saw her son again. You think there's consequences? Let me tell you, when you openly... Now, we all sin. We all sin and come short of the glory of God. Sometimes we do wrong. Sometimes we, we on purpose step over the line. Sometimes we just fall short. But let me tell you, there are consequences when we sin, especially when we sin on purpose. It's called presumptuous sins. Presumptuous sin is, I know it's wrong. I'm going to do it anyway. 
That's why David wrote in Psalm 32 and Psalm 51, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins. So we've got to be real careful and look at the consequences of on purpose. They lied and deceived. She's got to send her son off. She'll never see him again. Never see him again. Stay with him a few days until your brother's fury subsides, until your brother's anger against you subsides, and he forgets what you did to him. You think he's going to forget? Then I will send and get you from there. Why should I bereaved of you both in one day? What in the world does she mean by that? You know what she's meaning? What would happen if Esau killed Jacob? What would happen to Esau? He must be killed too. She's basically saying, I don't want to lose both sons in one day. If he kills you, he's got to be killed. I don't have anything left. So you get out of town. You go to my brother. few days, couple of weeks. Everything will smooth over here. I'll call for you. You'll come back. She never sees him again. Sin has its consequences. Well, look at the plan. How in the world is she going to tell Isaac that they need to send Jacob away? Right? She's got to go to her husband and say, I think Jacob needs to leave town for a while. In fact, I'd like for him to go stay with my brother. How's she going to get him to do that? Look what she says. Rebecca came to Isaac. I'm tired of living among the daughters of Heath. If Jacob takes a wife from the daughters of Heath like these from the daughters of the land, what good will my life be to me? You know what she's saying? I think I'll just die if Jacob were to marry one of these foreign women. Well, it's pretty true that he wasn't supposed to marry one of the foreign women, but she goes to Isaac and says, life's not worth living if Jacob were to marry one of these foreign women. So what she's going to suggest is the very best thing to do is let him go visit my brother where I came from, where you got a bride, and let him find a bride there and get married there so he doesn't get messed up with one of these women here. And as we get into chapter 28... Isaac called Jacob, blessed him, and charged him, and said, You shall not take a wife from the daughters of the Canaanites. Go to, and he says, Padam Aram, which is where Laban lived. And he says, Go there. That's Iran, that part of the world. That's Iraq, by the way. That's where they lived. And so she says, You know, life wouldn't be worth living if he were to marry one of these kind of women. And that's how she gets him out of town. And you know... How do you think when he leaves, how do you think the family's going to be? You think Isaac and Rebecca are going to get along very well? No. What do you think about Esau? What's he going to do? We'll see in just next chapter. And what's going to happen to Jacob when he goes up there? His nickname is what? And what does Laban do to him? Deceives him. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, you reap. If you're a deceiver, you're going to get deceived. It's going to come back on you. Well, we've seen Isaac's desire to bless Esau, and he, he knew what was right and he did what was wrong. And Rebecca's desire that Jacob get the blessing, she knew what was right, but she did it wrong. We see the deceit of Jacob, we see the deceit of, e- deceit of Esau, and they all messed up. We saw Esau's despair, he lost his blessing. Isaac trembled because he realized, you know, God overruled him. God overruled him, and the plan is to send Jacob away. Let me give you some application. The first one, let, let's do what is right and let God take care of the results. Let's, let's always do what's right. We are to always do what's right. Listen, we, we have to obey the word. God is in control. Let God handle the, the results. We know this, that we can do the right thing in a wrong way. That's exactly what they did. So the end doesn't justify the, you know, the means. It doesn't. You can't say, this is what's right, even though I have to do wrong to get what's right. 
This is what's coming to me. If I have to steal it, I'll steal it. You don't, you can't, you don't do wrong. John MacArthur gave it, told me, uh, well, when I say told me, I heard him in a, in a tape talk about an illustration of a church that was trying to do a right thing in the wrong way. It said that they wanted the people to go to their neighbors and witness. So they hid some footballs. They took footballs and hid them in the neighborhood and put them in the different yards of people. And the people in their church, if they went to the house, witnessed to them, and then found the football, they got to keep the football. So they were going to people's houses, looking throughout their yards to see if that was the house that had the footballs. He said, that's kind of a right thing, but in a wrong way. And I would probably agree with that. I don't think you should go look for the football in order to witness. We can do wrong even when we know what is right. Romans chapter 7 says we have to guard ourselves when we know what we're like. You know, think about the different places, like our, the office, government, church, growth. Everything. We, can, we can do, we know what's right. We, do we do our job for the glory of God? Let God decide who gets the advancements? As far as the government, do we obey the laws of the government and work the legal ways to, to change things? Do we teach and train people? Church growth, I mean, there's all kind of gimmicks out there, but I don't, there's some things that are not right that people are using to try to get people to come to their churches. Just do it the right way. Relationships, same thing. Let's do what is right. Leave the results to God. Number two is rest in the sovereignty of God. God will work out His plan. You just have to trust Him. Trust Him to do what's best. I think that's, I think there's, is there, no, it's not a, I don't guess there is a slide on that. Romans 8.28 says, Trust Him to do what is best. Matthew Henry said that God is sovereign over all, and He will do what He will with His own, in His own perfect good time and unlimitedness. He does it all. We can't overturn God's plan. You realize that. Now, you say, well, but does that make me a robot? Are you a robot? Can you do what you want to do? Can you make any choice you want to make? Can you go anywhere you want to go, do anything you want to do? Can you do right? Can you do wrong? So you're not limited, are you? And yet, does everything you do fit in His plan? How's that possible? Because He's God. That's how it's possible. He's God. Wow. There's a little poem called uh, God's Sovereignty. It's called God's Will. God said to me with a kind of a smile, How would you like to be God for a while and steer the world? Okay, says I, I'll give it a try. Where do I sit? How much do I get? What time is lunch? Hey, when can I quit? Give me back the wheel, God says. I don't think you're quite ready yet. (laughs) I like it. How much do I get? When is lunch? You know. (laughs) Number three is deal with family problems because they're there. And in this passage, there were lack of communication and deception and favoritism. So what do we do? Well, we communicate. We speak the truth. We don't show favoritism. Those are the things that sometimes happen in families, and that's what we've got to do is communicate with each other, accept each child, and don't show favoritism, and speak the truth one to another. We don't have to go behind each other's backs to accomplish anything. But we do the right thing in the right way, resting in God to fulfill His plan in His way.